going to be focusing on. Mark chapter 8, verses 31 to 38. You have it? Amen. Well, it's going to be on the screen anyway. So. <laughs> and he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. And after three days, rise again. And he said, and he said this plainly, and Peter took, took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of men. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels, and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me, of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when, the, when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Blessed Father, we thank you. We thank you this morning for your word. And we ask you to, uh, to help us preach, Lord. It's your word. May we be edified by your word. And we thank you for that. May your Holy Spirit guide us in everything that we're going to say. Uh, and it may bring growth, conviction to our hearts. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Okay. Um, I believe before Pastor, Pastor Dan left, he told us that we were going to be coming back to, to, to Mark, right? But uh, as he left, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure where we, were, where, we, where we were going to start. So I was planning to preach on something else when he told me that, uh, he, when he asked me to preach. But then I got the, uh, I got the information and we're right back in, we're right back in Mark. Uh, and Mark right in, in this passage that we just read. So we will continue there. And uh, we, we're, we've been studying the, the life, the ministry, and, and the teaching of our Lord uh, um, as, uh, as recorded for us by Mark under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And if you have noticed, it, it's a, it's a fast-paced it's a fast-paced message. Uh, uh, um, his approach to the gospel is, is a fast one. Uh, it's, it's, it's the shortest one of the gospels, and it's been called the action gospel. Because he's just, he moves one, from one thing to the other in, in, in a very fast in a very fast pace. But when it comes to this chapter right here, our passage that we have in front of us, chapter 8, uh, verses 31 to 38, uh, some commentators have called it the jewel, the jewel of the gospel of Mark. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Because the message that comes out of the Lord's mouth in this section is the most important that we're ever going to hear. The most important message that we're, we're ever going to hear. Because it's, it, it's about inviting sinners to come to Christ. It's about inviting sinners to come to him. Uh, inviting them to come for him for forgiveness, for joy, for eternal life, for blessings. And isn't that a beautiful message? Amen. Right? But then, then uh, 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 if you reject it, it's, it's, it's not a good thing. 
It's not a good thing. So it's our Lord's own invitation here. It's our Lord's own invitation. Now listen, I, I believe we, we, all of us uh, who, have been, who have been in church for a long time, I've been in church for a long time, uh, we've heard many invitations. Many invitations, right? And we heard many invitations with organs. I've heard many invitations with music, with song, background music, and all of that. Many invitations. But I don't, th- I don't think I've ever heard one like this one. One invitation like our Lord's invitation. Very few, very few will follow this pattern. Very few will follow this standard. But this should be the standard. This invitation should be the standard. We should all learn to follow this pattern of invitation to salvation. Listen to, the, to, to our Lord's words and, and the invitations in chapter 34 to 38. And we're going to read it again, which he says, And calling the cross to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words and the adulterous and sinful generation of him will the son of man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his father with the holy angels. What an invitation, right? What an invitation. <clears throat> and this is an invitation that, that really gives a death blow to a, a man-centered, a man-centered, self-centered invitation. And this is not an invitation of, a, of health and wealth and prosperity and healing and all of that, or to boost, or to boost our, our self-image or a trouble-free uh, uh, living. Not at all. Not at all. This is an invitation of self-denial, cross-bearing, which means suffering, cross-bearing, and obedience. And obedience. And this is our Lord's invitation. And this is the one we should give. Uh, this is the invitation we should give we want, if we want to be faithful. We want to be faithful uh, disciples. Now, this is not the only place that he gives that, that invitation. Uh, if you, if you, uh, in Mark chapter 32, 10, Matthew, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and on. I don't think I gave that, that passage there, but you can look it up if you want. There he's saying, when someone becomes a, a, a believer, they will immediately be alienated from the people in their own, in their own uh, uh, household uh, who, reject, who rejects Christ. They reject Christ. And he says... This is what he says there. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves son or, son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who doesn't take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He, who, he who's found his life will lose it. He who, he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Almost the same message, right? And we see that we see that in different different passages. Matthew 16, uh, 13, 32 says the same thing. Luke 9, 23 to 27, and in that same chapter 9 uh, of Luke 57 to, to 62, it's the same message. And what our Lord is basically saying, if you say you want to follow me, but you have a, another agenda that is more important than me, 
you cannot be my disciple. If anything is more important, anything in your life is more important than me, you cannot be my, my disciples. And, and the principle, again, it, it's all over the place with this conclusion, that this conclusion, the coming to Christ, the coming to Jesus Christ was not an easy thing. Not an easy thing. Thing. It was something. It was not some something that simply you come. You come just because you want to take the pluses, the pluses that Jesus offers. Because a lot of people come in that way, right? They just want the blessings. They're looking for the blessings. They're looking what our Savior, what Christ could offer. But that's all they're looking for. No sacrifice. No suffering. No nothing. But our Lord is saying something else. Our Lord is saying it demands much more than that. His invitation, uh, really, they were, they, were, they were not easy. And sometimes even they were severe. Those invitations were even severe because he, he, he threatened them. If they rejected it, he says, it was, it was very hard, hard inv- invitations. Don't you think? I, I think they were. Yeah. Why? Because the cost was high. It was a high cost to follow him. You have to give up everything. We have to give up everything. In some, uh, in some passages that, that, we says that, that says, if you don't hate, <laughs> that's a tough word, right? If you don't hate mother, father, wife, husband, son, daughter, you are not worthy of me. That, that's tough, isn't it? Obviously, it doesn't mean that you have to hate him. But it means that if you put him before him, you're not worthy to be his disciple. Amen? <clears throat> and this is, the, uh, this is the thing that it will cost us everything, even your life, even my life, it will cost us. So we're going to see the, the invitation. We're going to break down the, the, the invitation and the passage, right? And then um, we're, going to do, we're going to look at different things, uh, God willing. Uh, and the first thing we're going to see is the principle. The principle is winning by losing. And then there's, there, it, there's a paradoxical in that principle, right? It's a paradoxical principle. We're going to look at that. And then we're, we're going to look at both of them. And then we're going to look at the, uh, uh, at the end. There's, there's a, word, word, a word of warning at the end to those who reject the, the, the Lord's message. And hopefully, hopefully we'll get to that. But let's look at the principle fast so, so we can move on. Principle is in, in, in verse 34. And verse 34 says, And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now, in order to understand the, 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 the principle, we've got we to gotta give some, some context because it's, it's important. The context is always important. Uh, to, to understand the principle. Now, if you go up to uh, verse, verse 27, uh, it, says, it says that Jesus took his disciples, right? Uh, and he started asking them. And we, I, I believe we're, we're all familiar with this passage where he says, who, who do they say who I am? What are they saying who I am? And then the, the, the disciple says, John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah, some say you're, you're a prophet, John the Baptist, right? <clears throat> and if you, read, if you read the same passage in, in, uh, in Matthew, it gives you a larger, a larger view. But again, Mark is fast, fast and furious, Mark. So 
in verse 29 here in Mark, all together, they realize who he was, right? And, and, and Peter, on behalf of all the disciples, what does he say in verse 29? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And so all of them have come to the understanding, uh, to the understanding that Jesus is God in the flesh. He is God in the flesh. He is the promised Messiah who they've been waiting for a long time. And, and this is the high point in there uh, for them, the highest point. They have no doubts whatsoever about his person, of who he is. They've been with him for two and a half years. They've been with him for two and a half years. They've seen all the miracles. They've, they've heard all the teachings. They are certain of who he is. And all together they have come to the conclusion he, he is the Messiah. They're convinced that he is God in human flesh. The Messiah who, who they've been waiting for as a nation. They've been waiting for him for hundreds of years. For them, for the disciples, since they've been born, they were waiting for that, for that moment, that great moment. And this moment at this particular time, as, as, the, as Peter's saying that, that is a great, it's a great moment of divine revelation for them. They could see things clear, but... The problem was that they had a, a, a wrong view. They had a wrong view of what the, uh, 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 of the Messiah that was, that was to come. Because their, their, their view of the Messiah, it was that he was going to come and establish his kingdom here. He was going to establish his kingdom here. Israel was going to be the, the, crown, uh, the, crown, the crowning nation of all nations. And then that, that reign will extend all over the world and they would rule. Our Lord would rule from Jerusalem and it would be glory. It would be, it would be glory. It would be the kingdom coming, right? All the promises of Abraham, all the promises of David, all the promises that the prophets had, had said, they were going to come to pass. They were happy. They were happy. And this is what they, this is what they have been waiting for. Uh, but then our Lord drops the bomb on them. Verse 31. Verse 31, he tells them, and he said, verse 31, and he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. And after that, and after three days, rise again. They were not expecting that. They definitely were not expecting that. It was totally contrary to everything they had, they had uh, believed or what they had been waiting for, what they had hoped for, what they were expecting. They were not waiting for that. So what happens? What does Peter do? Peter takes the Lord to the side. And he says, come on, bro. You can't say those things. It's just, you, you, you can't say that. The kingdom, kingdom is here. You can't say that. He, he rebukes him. Now, you know, we all know what the word mean, rebuke means, right? You ever take your son and you rebuke him? And that's exactly what, what Peter was doing to, to the Lord. And so Jesus said to him, and this is, this is tough. Get behind me, Satan. Looked at Peter square in the eyes and he said, get behind me, Satan. You have man's interest in your heart and not God's. Man's interest is only on the glory, only on the kingdom, only on the blessings. But God requires the cross. 
God requires the cross. There will be no kingdom. There will be no blessing if there is no sacrifice. If there is no sacrifice. So the cross is necessary. It's necessary. So they go from the highest point, from the highest high they could be to the lowest of lows, right? It was low when Peter said to, 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 to Christ, you can't do that. You can't say that when he rebuked him and then even went lower when our Lord told them, get behind me, Satan. So that was the lowest. Get behind me, Satan, because their view of the, the messianic kingdom, was, it was actually satanic, their thought of, of the kingdom. And then there had to be a cross before there could ever be a crown. There had to be pain before there could be any gain or any blessing. There had to be suffering before the glory. Amen? So there, there, but, but the disciples, they were, they were already smelling and tasting the kingdom. And it was just, you, you can't blame them, right? I mean, they're seeing everybody getting healed. Can you imagine that? I've, I've always tell you guys that. Can you imagine that? But uh, th- there's times that I'm reading and I'm picturing this because sometimes we picture maybe just a crowd like ours right here and, 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 and Christ healing. You know, there were hundreds by the, hundred, by the thousands coming to him and everyone would be healed. It's not like the meetings, the, the, the healers of today. Now everyone was healed. And it was not a short leg getting longer. There were organic, organic uh, 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 healings that were, that, were, that, were, that were happening. So it was, this was unprecedented. They were, they, were, they were amazed. So obviously what they were thinking, this is it. It's here. The kingdom is here. The kingdom is here. But not for long after he tells them there, right? Not after that. So they were tasting it. But it, the cross was necessary. In their minds, they had no room for the cross. And so Jesus said, I'm going to die. And then he says, and actually what he was saying, he, he, what he told them, and if you want to follow me, and if you want to follow me, there's a cross for you too. There's a cross for me, but if you want to follow me, there's a cross for you too. And that's the invitation, right? Right in that verse 34. If anyone would follow, if anyone would come after me, <clears throat> and this is, the, this, is a, this is a reaffirmation already of the, uh, of the commitment that the disciples had, uh, you know, done to follow Jesus as he gathered disciples in the beginning. He says, follow me, right? But this is a reaffirmation of that, to follow him and only him, and only him. And to know that this is what is required. Denial, the cross, suffering. That's what he's telling them. Denial, suffer, obedience, suffering and obedience. That is, what is, that is what is required. And then he goes to the crowd, to the crowd and to them, and the invitation is the same, with the same commitment, with the same commitment required. And there's, there's three responses. There's three responses to that invitation uh, that, the invita- that the invitation requires. And we want to see them. So the first one is self-denial. That's the first one, right? 
It's, it's, it's uh, self-denial, cross-bearing, and obedience. Those are the, th the three that we're going to see because that's, that's in the principle. So the first one is self-denial. And Jesus said, if you want to come after me, you must deny yourself. And this is, a, in the Greek, it's a very, very strong uh, expression. But this is where it all begins. This is where it all starts if you want to come to Christ. You must deny yourself. And that denying yourself means, uh, actually means to disown yourself. To disown yourself. Uh, to refuse to associate with. That's what the verb means. So when we deny ourselves, we are saying, I don't want to associate anymore with that person that I am. Who has ever said that? I don't want to associate anymore with the person that I am. I realize I'm a sinner. I realize I cannot earn this on my own. I abandon my self-effort. I, I abandon my self-confidence. I can't do it on my own. And even more, I abandon all self-will, all my ambitions, all my agenda, my own purposes, my own plans. I abandon all of them. I completely disown myself. I don't want anything to do with that man, this man anymore. He's depraved. He's fallen. He's selfish. He's sinful. And there's nothing good that dwells in this man. And then you come to Christ. That's what it means to come to Christ. Is, is that a hard message? Absolutely it is. Because it goes completely against us. It goes completely against us. But that's what it takes to follow Christ. And you realize that all your desires, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the desires, the desires of, uh, 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 of this world, all your ambitions, they all are wrapped up in yourself. And that is so true. They're all wrapped up in yourself. And this is, the true, this is true conversion. This is, the, this is the foundation of the new life when we say all of that. And you see, uh, this is where the heart sees itself as a, 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 a sinful. But there's ugliness in our hearts. And it realizes that we must abandon itself, myself, if there's to, if there's to be any hope with a relationship with God. Any hope of a relationship with God. And as you give up your trust in yourself and your confidence in, 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 in what you are by nature sinful. And you depend on Christ and Christ alone. And then, and then we could say what Paul said in Galatians 2.20, right? I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live but Christ who lives in me. Then we could say that. And when you come to Christ, you're not only embracing the resources that he has for us, uh, that he provides, and the gifts that he provides for us, the blessings that he has for us, but you also bring in, bring in yourself under his sovereign rule, his lordship. And that's what we call him, don't we? Our Lord. And who are we? He's the master. And, and, and you know what? That's a beautiful analogy. Because there's a master and then there's the slave. What rights does the slave, does the slave have? It's only what the master says, right? And that's who we are. That's what we should be. 
we go under his sovereign lordship and we say, you are the Lord, you are the Lord of my life, you are in charge of my life, your will, my, your, will your desires, your pleasures, your purposes, that's what I want in my life. That's what I want in my life. And listen, no one can come to Christ in any other terms. Because as a sinful, as a sinful person, sometimes we want Christ, we want Christ, right, and pleasure. We want Christ and my purposes. We want Christ and my possessions. We want Christ and we still want to hang on to our sin. We still want to hang on to, to our sin. And that's what the, the proud sinner wants. But the pr- person who is crushed, uh, crushed and bankrupt spiritually, he comes so desperate that he wants Christ and will give up everything. Will give up everything. That's what our Lord is trying to tell us. He will give up everything. Just like that man in Matthew 13, 45. It's a beautiful, a beautiful picture there because there's a man that, that, that he's looking for a pearl, the pearl of great price. And he finds that pearl of great price, right? And what, what does he do? He goes back home and he sells his socks and everything, everything in his socks to purchase that great pearl of price. Isn't that beautiful? And our Lord is the pearl of, of great price. And th- that's the picture of coming to Christ. You give up everything. You give up everything. And then, watch this. You give up everything in the beginning, and then it becomes a way of life for you as a Christian. You just don't, don't, don't uh, come crushed, broken, and humble at the beginning. You stay that way as you also grow, and you stay that way as you follow him, and you also grow that way too. It's sort of like a tree. It's like a tree. The tree grows upward, right? The tree grows upward. And let's just say that we are like trees as we're growing in knowledge. As we're growing in knowledge, at the same time, your roots are going down deeper, right? That's a tree. As, you, as the tree grows, the, 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 the upward, the, the roots are going even deeper, right? So as we're growing out in knowledge, uh, the roots are going deeper and deeper and deeper, and you grow deeper in humility. Do you get that? The deeper you grow in knowledge, the more you grow in knowledge, the deeper you grow in humility. You go down. The more your knowledge increases, the more, likewise, your humility increases. <clears throat> In true spirituality, true gro- spiritual growth is, is downward. The roots of our, of our life go down and continually have, a, continually have a lower, we continually have a lower estimate of ourselves, a deepening re- realization of our unworthiness as we learn more and more about God's glory, his holiness, his grace, his mercy, his kindness. But we start with self-denial, giving up everything if you want to come to Christ. Is that a high, is that, is that a high cost? <laughs> Absolutely it is. It will cost us even our life. There's a lot of times that we grasp to our kids because that's the most precious things that we have, right? But even it requires that to let go of that. Even that, 
Amen. The second thing, cross-bearing. Still in verse 34, because that's where the principle is. Again, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross. Now, what, what does it mean? What does it mean to pick up your cross or, or, or bear your cross? Well, remember, Jesus had not, uh, had not yet told them that he was going to be crucified. There, there was no mention of the cross yet, right? He didn't mention that. Oh, he said that he was going to suffer and he was going to die. But he didn't mention anything. So, so at, at this particular time, it wasn't in their minds yet anything about the cross. That, that comes later. He was just, again, he just told them he was going to suffer and he was going to die. See? But, but, but didn't say anything about crucifixion or anything. But they absolutely knew what that meant. They absolutely knew what that meant. At that particular time, there had been 30,000 plus Jews that had been crucified, right in, in the time of our Lord. And they were placed on the highways. They were by, placed on the way. So, so they, 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 it, it was on the view of everybody. So they knew. They knew what the cross meant, right? Uh, <clears throat> they knew what that meant. <clears throat> My page turned, sorry. They knew what it meant. They knew what it was. They were, they were absolutely sure what that cross meant. They were familiar with that when he said, take up your cross. Because at that particular time, when they would be cru- crucified, they would make them, we have, we've all seen that, and I think we've all heard that they would make them take up their crosses, right? And, and to, to the place of execution, they would have to carry their own cross. So they knew, they knew that that meant serious suffering. It was a suffering beyond description, that, that, that thing. So they knew that. But what the, Lord, what the Lord is saying is, if you want to follow me, you are going to follow my, you are going to follow my reproach, <clears throat> and I'm heading towards death, and so will you. And so will you. Are you willing to come? And the thing about the disciples that they all did, right, with the exception of one, all of them were martyrs, all of them. Who was the, who was the only one that, that didn't go through that? Who? John. John was the, first, the, the only one that didn't, uh, that didn't go through that. <clears throat> and so this is a willingness to endure persecution. The cross here is a, is a metaphor for suffering. Now, not everybody not everybody's going to die. Not, it's not going to require of, of, uh, of, of everybody to die, right? Everyone that comes to Christ to die. It may, some, some may have to, right? But it does require suffering along the way. Has anybody experienced that? Absolutely. We all go through that suffering. There's suffering along the way. <clears throat> There's times rejection by family. There's times re- rejection. By, I've heard that many times. I, I've heard many Christians that come and, and none, nobody in their family is, a, 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 they, they're, they're Christians, they're, they're believers, and then they're rejected. They don't want to hang around them anymore, you know. Um, so there's uh, rejection by family, by relatives, by people in, in, in the workplace. They, they look at us um, bad. They look at us ugly. All of that, all of that. It comes with that, right? It comes with that. <clears throat> and, and there's definitely a, 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 a serious uh, a, a hostility 
in the world towards Christian, towards Christianity, towards uh, Christians. Definitely there is. And what our Lord is telling them, is telling us, there's going to be, it's going to cost you everything. It's going, to, it's going to cost you everything. Maybe from the family, maybe from the workplace, from all over the place, it's going to cost you. And there's no glory yet. There's no kingdom yet. There's just suffering. There's just suffering. And again, we, we, are, we, we are looking at that. And, I, and as I was looking at it, I was looking at different things of, of what's going around in the world. Because there's, we don't see it. And we don't see it yet. They, some, I hear people saying, I hear some preachers and, and, and some commentators that there is coming. There is coming to us. And, and, and we could see it uh, somewhat in the news, right? Persecution against, against Christians. But do you know, I was reading, do you know that there's many, many, there's more persecution of Christians now than there has ever been, ever, today. There's a lot of them dying. So we may not see it. We might not be called to that. But there's a lot of them that are, that, that are dying because of the gospel, because of Christ. But we see suffering. We definitely see suffering here, right? Amen? So this is about suffering because of the hostility against, against God. So the question is, are we willing to pay the price because salvation is so valuable? Are we willing to pay the price? Is it valuable? Is it so valuable that we will give up everything, even our lives, perhaps our relationships? How valuable is it to us, this great salvation that we have? How great of value is it to us? Because you see, the gospel is never offered to people on the basis of, of when we say, come to him and you will get everything you want. That there are some invitations that way. No. But it's offered on the basis of, does this offer have enough value to you that you will, that you will give up everything? Does it have that value to you? And if it doesn't, then you don't understand it. And you are just caught up on the temporal things of this world that will perish. And you have no view of the eternal and everlasting. You have no view of that. And that's what our Lord is trying to tell us here. True conversion sees Christ, the gospel and salvation and heaven so precious that no personal sacrifice is too much. There's nothing too much for that. Even our life. Even our life is not too much. And again, many have given their lives for this precious salvation. <clears throat> so Christ-bearing leads to all followers bearing their crosses through suffering. And that is a great procession that goes through, through suffering, coming out at the other end, and eternal glory. Because again, Peter tells us that suffering is just for what? It's just for a little while. And I think I told you last week, eternity, it's a pretty long time. It's a pretty long time. And time here, and I always say this because I see my life again, and it's just like I could remember yesterday. I think I told you guys this before, and this is the picture I've always had. I, 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 I remember walking with my firstborn, and, and I have this image in my, my mind as I'm walking with her. And now... <laughs> I have five grandkids and another one on the way. And they're doing the same thing that I was doing. 
And I'm in the same place where my father was. And at no time, because time is flying that way, I'm going to be in the place where my father is now. He's no longer here. And that's where we're heading. Right? Point being is that life here is so short. And it's fleeting and it's fast. And it's fast. Eternity is a long time. So that's where we should have our sight on. Eternity. And as the Lord calls us to suffer, we say, yes, it doesn't matter. Amen? And this should be a way of life for us. <clears throat> we want to be faithful to the truth of, of Christ no matter, no matter what. So self-denial, cross-bearing, and then the third one is, you got to hear fast now. Loyal obedience, loyal obedience. And then he says, and follow me. Akalutheo in, in Greek, that's the Greek verb. And it means, let him be following me. Let him be following me. And, and, and it's a continual, it's a continual. That's why I say, that's the way you begin, but it's also, that's the way you continue to grow. This could, because this is continually. Amen? So you deny yourself, take up the cross, and you continue to follow me. That's what the Lord is saying. And that actual word of uh, um, follow, follow means to imitate. You imitate Christ. First John 2, 6 says, whoever abides in him, Christ, ought to walk the same way in which he walked. We want to be Christ-like. We always talk about that, right? We want to be Christ-like. We, we want to follow him as an example. Christ went to the cross. <clears throat> the Bible says that the Bible, uh, Christ went to the cross because he saw the, the, the glory beyond the cross. He called the cross a kind of joy path. He says, the joy that is set before me. And he, Looking at the cross, that's what he said, right? <clears throat> Looking at the cross. So obedience then becomes the most essential thing of discipleship. Obedience. We obey, we obey his word. We obey the word of God. Uh, uh, we obey it with joy. We obey it with love. We obey it with gratefulness. We obey it with gladness. We should. John 3.31 says, If you continue on my word, you truly are my disciples. Obedience. Obedience is required. John 15, 14, he said, you are my friends if you do what I command. Again, it's obedience. It's about obedience. We're not just hearers of the word. We're not just hearers of the words. We are what? We are doers of the word. It's a big difference between one who hears and doesn't do anything. The one who hears the word of God and responds with obedience because many times we say, amen. We hear the principles and we say, amen. But when we walk out there, we are the most disobedient. It calls to respond with obedience. It's all about obedience. We built our house on not, not on shifting sand like those who hear and do nothing. You remember that passage, right? We built our house on the rock because he, he we, we, hear, we hear his voice. We hear the word and obey. Amen. That's in Matthew 7. Our life pattern should be self-denial, a willingness to suffer, whatever it is, and loyal obedience. And it's simple. Is it? 
It's like going on a trip. It's, 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 it's a simple analogy, right? We're going on a trip. But what is the first thing you do when you go on a trip and you look at the, the people that are, what do you go? What do you say? Bye. Sayonara. Adios. Right? Self-denial. You're on your way. Then you turn around and you pick up your luggage. And then what you do, you go on your journey. Simple as that. We wish it could be a trip like that, but <laughs> it requires suffering too. But that's what I... <clears throat> Amen. Simple. Simple but hard. So that's the principle, right? That's the principle. And then we're going to go into the paradox. We could keep going on this, but time does not allow it. The paradox. The paradox. Verse 35. For whoever, for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. That's the paradox. Isn't it? You want to save your life, but, but you're going to lose it? It's just, but that's the paradox. That's what our Lord said. If you want to hang on to, your, if you want to, hang on to it, keep control of it, uh, live it your own way, hold on to your sin, cherish your own sin, you could do that. And you could save your life temporarily, but you will lose it eternally. You will lose it eternally. And when we say that, that's hell. But whoever loses his life for the sake and the gospel's sake, he will, he will save his life. Amen? And here we're not talking about giving, giving, we're not talking about when you lose it, when you give it for, for the poor, when you give your, your stuff to the poor, for your life for a poor cause or, or a noble cause. We're not, we're not talking about, we're not talking about dying a hero or things, because a lot of people, a, a lot of people equate to that, giving your life, giving your life for something. We're not talking about that. It's none of that. <clears throat> All of these things are noble and kind, but that they're human things. But what we're talking about here is the cost of Christ. Following Christ, the gospel, <clears throat> that's where you give up yourself, you, give, you lose your life for the sake of Christ and the gospel, and you will also save it. And all of that comes, the willingness to leave everything, the humbleness to leave everything, self-sacrifice, willingness to come, uh, it, it, that comes because you understand you are you you, you understand your desperate condition of uh, you understand your, your 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 sinfulness and you understand the greatness of this salvation this greatness of the gift of salvation amen in verse 36 in verse 36 it poses this question what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and, and forfeit his soul <clears throat> then we could say, we could say this uh, in that, that he made a good deal because he gained the whole world. Would that be a good deal? Absolutely not, right? It's not a good deal. It's not a bargain. <clears throat> Was that a smart decision? No. <clears throat> it's like someone saying, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to live my life my way, any way I want here, so that I can spend the forever life in hell. It just doesn't make any sense, right? It doesn't make any sense. Not a good decision. Not a good decision. Doesn't make any sense. 
<clears throat> and it's like that rich, that, that, that rich fool in Luke, fool in Luke 19, uh, I'm sorry, Luke 12, 13 to 21. Remember, remember that uh, story that our Lord said? That he kept on building and building bigger barns and bigger barns and bigger barns. And then he said to himself, man, you, you have, all, what are you going to do with all of this? You know, and he built more and more and more. And what, the, what did he say? So you have so much. Eat, drink. What did the people say? We only live once, man. Live it up. It's the same thing. You only live once. Enjoy. Enjoy life. Do what you want to do. But then again, here comes the bomb. He hears the voice from heaven. Your life, they're, 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 they're coming to get you. They're coming to get you. Tonight you will die, right? And then what? What are you going to do? What are you going to profit if you gain, if you gain the whole world? And in and, 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 and that sense, it's hyperbole, right? Because we all know, we all know that we cannot, we cannot gain the whole world. We cannot gain the whole world. It's just not, it doesn't happen. N nobody, nobody could ever do that. What? Right? <clears throat> uh, and it wouldn't matter anyway because you would lose your soul in hell. And it's the common belief that man, this is the common belief. The man is the happiest when he has the most stuff. And I heard even Christians saying, oh, if I had this. And sometimes we say this, oh, you know, if I had, you know, if I was a billionaire, I would help everybody. I would help this. I would do that. I would, oh, I, I. you know what happens when we become billionaires? We don't help anybody. We just want more and more and more. It doesn't work that way. Because it's in us. It's that thing of selfishness. It's that thing of, uh, of just me, me, me. We have it in us. So there's no such thing. There's no such thing. <clears throat> I put in here, it's a delusion. It's a delusion of wanting more and more, being envious of more and more because it just damns your soul. Because what our Lord is saying, what are, you going to, what, what are you going to give in exchange for your soul? What is the equivalent value of your soul? Not this world. This world will burn up, but you are not. You will live forever. Well, you will burn forever, but you will live. You will live forever. Amen? You will live forever. So there's no price for, for our soul. And this is the beauty. There is no price for our soul just for the provision of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross that's attached to us. You hear that? You hear that? It's just that provision that's attached to us, the infinite price because of an infinite value that's attached, that's attached to us. And that's the gift of salvation. Amen? So that's the principle. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow him. And then we saw the paradox, winning by losing, right? And then verse 38, verse 38, uh, it's the warning, the coming, the coming judgment, the coming judgment, and that's verse 38. For whoever is ashamed of me, of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will be, 
will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And that's to say there's a judgment coming. There's a judgment coming if you reject this, this invitation. If you do not choose to come and follow Christ and hang on to your sin, there's a judgment coming for you. And it means that you are ashamed of, you are ashamed of Christ. Uh, amen? So the question is simple. It's a simple one. How, val how valuable do you think your, li your, your soul is? And it was, watch this, it was valuable to God. It, was in, it has enough value that God sent his son to die for our soul. So he sees as, as valuable. Amen? And there's something that we couldn't do. It's something that we couldn't do. Uh, it's something we, could, we couldn't do if we, we had the whole plan. If we, if we, if we uh, had the whole planet for us, we couldn't do. We couldn't save our own soul. We could not save our own soul. But he did it. He did it. He paid the price for us. Isn't that beautiful? I, I always think about that, and it's, a, it's, an, amazing, it's an amazing prize uh, amazing gift of salvation that, that we have because it was a price that we could not pay. It doesn't matter what we have. We couldn't pay it. It had to be done for us. It had to be done for us because there was no other way. And we are here because of that. We are here because of that. And we should be thankful to the Lord. Listen. And follow in obedience. Follow in obedience. For us that have come to Christ already, sometimes it's hard to give up those things. I know it is. It's for me. I'm not telling you for you. I'm telling you, I'm telling you for me. Because there's a lot of things that are hard for me to live, leave. But it is required if we want to follow him. If we want to be obedient. And it requires suffering. It requires suffering. A lot of people want to avoid suffering. But it's through the path of suffering that we come to know our Lord even more. His grace, his mercy, his kindness. And it's a good thing for us. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, blessed Father, for your word. Thank you for allowing me to preach. Help us to follow you bearing that cross, Lord. And being obedient to your word always. Help us not to be hearers of the word, just hearers of the words, but doers of the word. Responding in obedience always. Help us through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Christ's name we pray.